Now, normally at this time on the JVS show, I see the image of a very handsome man arrive, Nick Coffer. However... You're saying I'm not a handsome man? Well, you're, you are handsome in a different way. Right. In a very tall way. <laughs> <laughs> this is like deja vu. Deja vu all over again. Nice to see you, Jonathan. Ian Lee, what are you doing here? Well, what it is, is there's not enough of me on, on the radio station, so I've murdered... <laughs> Three hours just wasn't I've enough I've murdered today. Nick Coffer. Nick Coffer's not very well. <laughs> He says, he came in looking fine, and I heard him speaking normally on the telephone, arranging a, a luncheon, oh. and then he came in the office and was, oh, my voice, oh, my voice. Right. I'll do the show, but... Was, was he actually sent home? Uh, <laughs> Did he get as far as coming in? He, he came in, and he, he, he got sent home by the bosses and said, we, we don't want you broadcasting with that voice. R- Did he sound too scary? He sounded awful. You think for Halloween it will be perfect, but he, he said, um, he, he, he's gone home. So I'm filling in for him. I said... I'll do it. Listen, listen, I don't mind helping out. Thinking that the, the bosses would go, yeah. oh, no, don't be stupid, Ian. You've done three hours. They went, oh, yeah, OK, great, thanks. <laughs> oh, oh, they called my bluff. So, so we've got another three hours of Ian Lee. <laughs> two for the price of one. You're a bob no, off. No, two for the price of two. Oh. Then, then, oh, an I, invoice will be sent in, don't worry. Oh, I see. <laughs> There'll be an invoice. Lots coming up on the show. What? Shall I tell you? Yes. Uh, we're going to be speaking to Demand, uh, which is a charity in Hertfordshire that makes bespoke equipment for disabled people we've got a clairvoyant cup coming in Gillian Kemp will give us an insight into the supernatural uh, and from two hitching I like this I'm going to just get my computer fixed with this guy hitching computer expert Peter Rochford uh, will be answering questions about computer problems uh, well, I can't wait for you at 12. But don't go anywhere yet, because my team are telling uh, telling, oh. telling me that, uh, that you've got to join in with my next consumer update. Oh, I'd love to. Pop, have you got any headphones? Yes, let me put the... Just focus. Yes, I can... I, uh, <laughs> Do they work? No, I can't hear anything. Oh, dear. Can we get some headphones in headphones here? In. Headphones in. Headphones for Mr. Might Lee. work, please, for Mr. Lee. Come on now. There's no me. headphones. The reason I want to talk to you... Oh, I used be, to be. Yes. You've been ridiculing me for my lack of knowledge it's, about wrestling. It's not been ridiculing, it's been highlighting your uh, I- inability to talk about it. Well, Janet's son, husband and carer, booked to go to a wrestling event this Friday. Janet called me in a panic because she thought the whole event had been changed. It's four and a half hours from us, and they've been on the website this morning, and they've now advertising it as Smackdown, which means if it's Smackdown, the wrestler that he's going to see won't be in it. Well, if it's Smackdown, we don't want to go because it's too far to go, and the wrestler that we're going to see, or I'm not, but they are, won't be there. Well, Janet's with us now. Hi, Janet. Hiya. Hello. Have you heard Ian taking the mickey out of me? No. No, Janet, I've not taken the mickey. It, it was his confusion over slap down and smack down and his roar the big men and slap down the little men. He did... I just thought it was... He could have been a bit more helpful, Janet, to be honest. <laughs> well, I felt for you and your boy. He'd watch it now on a Friday night, wouldn't he? Yeah. See what it's all about. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll lend you my started. tapes, Jonathan. <laughs> Have you got wrestling? Oh, I love it. I love a bit of um, John Cena and um, the others. Well, you were telling me (laughs) about the big daddy splat the other day. The daddy splat, yeah. He used to climb up onto the top rope and then just splat all over another wrestler. Oh, Janet. Would you like to be daddy splatted? Well, you never know. (laughs) (laughs) Janet, you are a one. So, so anyway, I now know all about wrestling, th- thanks to the ridicule I've had from Ian. <laughs> so I went and spoke to this uh, this venue that your son's due to be going to on Friday. Yeah. They're based in Newcastle. That's right. I don't know if Newcastle is big for wrestling, is it? Very popular, very popular. It's, it's it? kind of like the British centre for wrestling, yeah. In Newcastle? Probably. 
You're just making this up. No, yes. they go to Sheffield, they go to the O2 Arena. I think it's just where the big arenas are. Oh, I see. So, uh, I spoke to this particular venue in Newcastle, and when I spoke to this lady there, who was head of marketing, so she'd know, mm. she said, What? What? No. No, I think there's a bit of confusion here. And I said, well, according to, to Janet's son, they've changed the wrestling from Raw to Slapdown. <laughs> Slapdown. Why are slap you laughing? Down. Oh, Smackdown, sorry. <laughs> Slapdown. Oh, I'm so sorry that he, he's dealing with this. <laughs> they've, ch- they've changed it. She said, no, no, we've not. Uh, it is absolutely still raw. It's a raw event. The wrestlers are all raw wrestlers. Apparently, Smackdown is appearing at Birmingham and Glasgow. Oh, right. And your son's favourite wrestler, John Senna. Cena. 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 He's absolutely going to oh, be there. Fantastic. Brilliant. That's brilliant. They've checked with the promoters. He's going to be there in all of his John Cena, Daddy Splat glory, and he'll be there on uh, on Friday. You're making it sound so good now. I might want to have to go myself. Do you? Do, so what happens now, Jonathan? Do you now give wrestlers the horn? Well, <laughs> it's been suggested by my team that you might want to uh, to press my horn. <laughs> Where is the horn? Press my horn. Shall we press the horn for for the event in uh, in? Uh, don't worry, I'll show you. Is it in Newcastle? Yeah, Janet. Yes, that's brilliant. You're happy with this? Oh, very. Yeah. I feel in a way you've kind of destroyed the show. In no, I've, if anything, I've, I've raised it to a very high standard. <laughs> I'm going I'm I'm to give some wrestlers the horn. Right, ready, Janet? Sure. One, time. two, three. Here we go. Thank you, Janet. <laughs> Janet, did I hear correctly that, that it's, it's miles and miles away for you and your boy? It's a long journey, isn't it? She's gone. Oh, she's off. <laughs> Sorted. <laughs> Bye. Right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go and prepare for a show that I, I don't know anything about. I can't wait for you at 12. Why do you sound so sarcastic when you say that? I'm not. I'm being serious. I genuinely... Bye. Bye. See you later. Ian Lee, don't miss him. He'll be here today from 12. The JVS Show. BBC Three Counties Radio. Stay tuned, because coming up after the news, he's just right, he's lurking in the studio. Ian Lee. Another three hours of Ian Lee. (laughs) You lucky people. Across beds, hearts and bucks, this is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, I nearly said good morning. Of course it's not good morning in the slightest. It's good afternoon. Nick Coffer is alive and well. I say well. He's not particularly well. He's lost his voice. Bless him, he came in. He had a bold stab at it. And we all said, Nick, we can barely hear you. Even if you go and sit in a studio with all of the amplification equipment that's available... Uh, 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 at BBC Three Counties Radio, the dear listener will not only not be able to hear you, they'll feel very, very uncomfortable for you. So N- I've sent Nick Coffer off. He's gone home. He'll be back tomorrow, fingers crossed. So I apologise, but I'm filling in for the next three hours. Now, it might be a little bit jumpy. There might be a few mistakes, but I think we can kind of get through that. Got a very busy show coming up. I'll tell you what, after Maxine Nightingale. This is Ian Lee, filling in for Nick Coffer. I can only apologise, Nick Coffer fans. Uh, he wasn't very well. He came in... I, I, I suspect he may have slightly been putting on that sick voice. You know the sick voice when... You know when you're ill, and you know you're not well enough to go to work, but you kind of sound OK, and you phone up the boss. I'm going to phone the boss up now. I can't make it in. I think he was doing that. I'm sure I overheard him in the car park talking on the phone normally. I'm sure. But he came in, he looked a bit pale, he had his scarf on... 
I don't know if I can do the show. I'll give it a go. And we're all, of course, going, Nick, please. It's not worth it. You'll lose your voice forever. Your vo- if you don't have a voice, Nick, your kids can't eat. So he's gone home. Hopefully he'll be back tomorrow. We don't know. Uh, but I, I, I kind of stepped in at the last minute. What, what could possibly go wrong? Not a lot. Lots on the show this afternoon that I know you want to get involved with. What constitutes a good spell? <laughs> yeah, I didn't think I'd be saying that sentence today. Well, as it's Halloween today, I'm hoping to find out the answer. Gillian Kemp is an author, a clairvoyant, and a medium from Edelsborough. And she's written a book appropriately entitled The Good Spell Book. I mean, having a flick through this, it's got some interesting spells in there, to say the least. Including, including how to conceive a sun, how to ensure your pets are safe, and how to ease a headache by rubbing um, a horseshoe on your head. Yeah. She'll be joining me after one o'clock. Uh, we've got an advice clinic today. Computer expert Peter Rochford is coming in after two o'clock, and we'll be here to answer all your computer-related questions. If it won't turn on, your printer doesn't print, or your browser won't browse... Oh, my printer's stopped linking up with my computer for some reason. Peter, I've had a problem for you. Uh, he'll be hand uh, to sort it out for you. It's always a busy hour, according uh, to Nick. So book your slot now by calling 08459 455 555. You can text your question as well. If you want, to 81333, starting your text 3CR and then writing your, your message. Or if your computer is working, yeah, you can send an email. Uh, send it to nick at bbc.co.uk If you send it to that then I get access to his private emails uh, We'll also in the, the, the first hour of the show Be looking at the work of Hertfordshire Charity Demand Who make specialist equipment for adults and children Living with disability When no other solution exists Last year 3,654 people benefited from their work And they'll be telling us their story after 12.30 All of this of course Plus lots of music uh, Hopefully keeping you company over the next three hours Right here on BBC Three Counties Radio BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, a little bit of Dolly. Can't go wrong, can you? I prefer Jolene, but this is a good second best. Lovely. I'll shut up, shall I? Yes, thank you. You can't go wrong with a bit of Dolly. Although, I did see her in concert a few years ago and I paid a blooming fortune for the tickets. I mean, hundreds of pounds for the tickets. And I'm convinced... Uh, that she was miming for some of it. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Also, I saw um, Jennifer Lopez the other week. I know, listen, J-Lo, not my cup of tea, is my wife's favourite. There were tickets for her birthday. And I think she was miming as well, because she'd be doing the dance routine, like really vigorous, uh, erotic dancing on the stage, and singing, uh, I don't know, what, what does she sing? Jenny from the Block. I think that was one of That's the only one I know of hers. I got excited when that came on. So she was singing Jenny from the Block. And she was da- really vigorous dancing, and it, it was note perfect and wonderful. And then when it finished, she go, "Thanks very much. It's really great to be in London." She was really out of breath. I, I don't think. I don't think she could have maintained uh, that kind of, um, ex- you know, exuberance throughout the whole thing. Listen, I've been looking at this book by Gillian Kemp, the spell book, the good spell book, love charms, magical cures, and other practices. I have to be honest, and I will say this to her when she comes in: I'm slightly sceptical. I am, sli- I'm, I am slightly sceptical of all these things. Do you believe in all this kind of stuff? The, 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 the ghosts and the spells and the mediums and talking to the other side. We mentioned a little bit, I, for those of you who don't know, I do the breakfast show here now, six till nine in the morning. Uh, and it's a jolly good fun. Sometimes, not always. Uh, no, it is, actually. I shouldn't say that. It's always good fun. And we were talking about ghosts and things like that this morning. I'm, I would love to believe that these things work, that these spells work, and that they're actually ghosts. We had a, a spiritual healer in, who was a very nice bloke called Ray, and he healed me. 
And what that seems to involve was him standing behind me and touching me with his cold hands. Oh, they were chilly. Uh, have you got any experience of any of these things actually working? Could you give us a call and let me know? I'm open-minded. I'm not dead against it. I'm not completely... But... Uh, I would, I would love it to, to, be, to be true. Let, let me just open this at a random page, this book. The Pet Safety Spell. When your pet is away at a kennel or at the vets, you can strengthen your psychic link with it. Already we're talking about a psychic link with a pet. And ensure it's safe and happy return. Place a blue ribbon or cord in a circle around its bed, favourite chair or toys, and tie a knot to form a circle. Unknot the cord only when your pet is back in your safekeeping. Now... D- d- I don't, I, I don't know, I don't know, why would you want to have a strong psychic link with your pet? For goodness sake. If you have any experience of any of these kind of mystical things working, 08459 455 555. A little bit of Stevie Wonder there. Uh, hello, good afternoon, this is Ian Lee filling in for Nick Coffer. He's off sick. Fingers crossed he'll be back tomorrow. But hey, this is exactly what we're going to do. When Gillian Kemp comes in, we're going to cast a spell on Nick Coffer. A get well soon Nick spell. That's what, we, that's what we're going to do. And that dear listener will be the scientific proof as to whether this nonsense works or not by whether if nick's back tomorrow then it works if it doesn't then it's all um, smoke and mirrors yeah. always worth a listen he's v- jonathan's got he's very rude though isn't he, he, he th- what he does is he's he's kind of vulgar but on a very high frequency so d- you have to pay attention to listen i'm going shooting with jonathan tomorrow yeah, I know. Uh, we're, we're going to Luton Who, and we're going to record it for the breakfast show, uh, and we're going to go, well, uh, ostensibly it's clay pigeon shooting. I, I'm worried, because every time we've mentioned it, or it's been brought up in conversation, he's had like a little glint in his eye, and, and d- 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 kind of a, a weird, slightly creepy smile. And I jokingly said the other day, oh, I do hope you're not going to shoot me. He said, oh, I, I hope so too, but if I did, it would be an accident. That's, that's kind of worrying talk, isn't it? I feel threatened, so I guess it's a threat, isn't it? Super Tramp, Breakfast in America. This is Ian Lee, filling in for Nick Coffer. I know, I'm sorry, disappointing for many of you. We'll get through this together the best we can, don't worry. I'll have been on the radio for six hours today, and I think that means I pretty much own BBC Three Counties Radio. If you enjoy this nonsense uh, that I've been coming out with, I I do the breakfast show now between six and nine every weekday, and it's a a thoroughly good listen. Another show that's worth uh, listening to is Justin Dealey. Very talented young man. I predict good things for him. Saturday mornings from nine o'clock. This weekend, uh, more great songs and great memories on BBC Three Counties Radio. He's got the UK and American charts from the 3rd of November, 1984. And the Human League, or I was talking about the Human League yesterday, I like a bit of Human League. They pick their favourite musical memories ahead of their concert in Hatfield. Justin Dealey from nine o'clock this Saturday morning on BBC Three Counties Radio. If you want to get in touch today from, uh, let me see where we are, two o'clock, uh, we have a computer expert coming in. If you have, if you're like me, I'm quite geeky and I like to kind of pretend I know what I'm doing with computers. I haven't really got a clue. I haven't got a clue. Uh, and I'm having trouble with my printer. And I'm also, I'm kind of thinking of maybe getting one of these tablets as well. But uh, <laughs> so many. If you've got a computer problem, now would be an excellent time to uh, to get in touch and book your place to talk to him. As I believe uh, that hour goes uh, gets filled up pretty quickly. So 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give him a call. Or you can email nick at uh, bbc.co.uk. I think that's his email address. I may have given out someone's, someone else's different email. It is nick at bbc.co.uk. There we go. Uh, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Plenty coming up. We've got a medium coming in from one. 
Looking forward to that. James Morrison, you give me something. I know this is not the, uh, the, the delicious voice you're expecting of Nick Coffer. He's bunking. Uh, he is sick today. Oh, bless him. He came in and there was hardly any sound coming out of his voice. And he goes, I think I can do it. I think I can get through a show. And we were all, Nick, just go home. You've got the perfect excuse to go and watch Cash in the Attic. Go and do it. Uh, this is Ian Lee, and I'm filling in for him uh, this afternoon. It'll only be a one-off, so don't get too upset. Uh, if you want to give me a call at any point today, you're more than welcome to... Thank you very much indeed. There we go. This is Ian Lee filling in for Nick Coffer. There'll be a few pauses and gaps and things while I find my way around this beast of a show. Uh, 08459-455-555. If you want to book your place to talk to either the medium or our computer expert, then you can send an email to nick at bbc.co.uk. Nick at bbc.co.uk. But it's approaching 12.30. It's time to get the latest news and sport. On FM, AM and online at bbc.co.uk slash three. Three Counties, BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, this is Ian Lee. Calming up in the next half an hour, we'll be speaking uh, about demand, which is, uh, well, we'll find out what it is, but it helps people with disability by designing gadgets and bits and pieces and interesting tools and, and things that can help in everyday life. I'm interested in this. My mum's got MS and she's got some of these little gadgets and, and, and clutchy things and stuff like that. We'll find out more after a bit of ABBA. That's ABBA. And you don't need me to tell you who and what that is. You know what? Why would you say that's ABBA and Dancing Queen? You know. If you don't know, then uh, I don't know why on earth you're listening to this. Uh, this is Ian Lee filling in for Nick Coffer, who's off sick. Uh, now, we uh, have got in the studio, um, let me just get these microphones on, we've got Denise Gillies. Good morning, Denise. Good afternoon, Denise. Hello. I'm slipping into my old uh, pattern there from the other show. And we've got Gary Hughes. Hello, Gary. Hello. Now, you are, Denise, you're from uh, Demand, which yes. is, just very briefly explain what Demand is, and then we'll speak to Gary and find I out. I work for a charity called Demand, yep. which stands for Design and Manufacture for Disability, and we bespoke equipment for individuals um, who need bespoke equipment, basically, to okay. help them with their everyday lives. Now, Gary, you, you've come in, you're in a wheelchair. Can I, can I ask what's wrong? What, why, why are you in this Yeah, situation? I broke my neck as a teenager oh my God. Uh, in a gym. And that was quite a long time ago. I, um, I wasn't going to say anything, but yes. <laughs> okay. You, t- you, hang on, you, you, you can't just skip past that, I broke my neck as a teenager in a gym. That, uh, how did that happen? I was, on, I was a gymnastic and trampolining champion. Yeah. And I landed on my head on a trampoline oh. and pushed my neck, head backwards somewhere. Did, did, could, did you hear the noise? Do you remember any of it? I bloody well do. It hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it did. I, I, I bet it did. Were your family there? Uh, no, uh, they came to the hospital shortly afterwards. Well, I always think uh, with these serious injuries, a bit, being a dad, and my boys are, 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 are tiny, what must your parents have, have felt? What must they been going through? I think you have to understand it hurts your whole family yeah. as well as you. It's not just you that's involved. It's everyone who knows you is impacted mm. without any question. They must have been devastated. Yeah, I think so. My poor mother, copper knocks on her door on a Friday night. Oh, oh. No. Oh, Not no. this time, once you don't. Did they ever say, hey, listen, Gary, you know this trampoline thing? Just maybe, just don't go so high, don't do so many flips and spins? No, not really. Were you winning medals, so, you know? Oh, with, with you, okay. were you good? Yes. Yeah. So you break your neck. Yeah. How, uh, how, you're in hospital, how do they kind of say, hey, listen, I've got some bad news? Nobody has ever told me that. Really? Never. As far as I'm concerned, I'll walk again. Really? I think You're I determined? Re- or, or they've, this is just, they've not told you you won't? They're not, you're correct. Right. Okay. I remember when they told my family down the ward down there somewhere, but nobody has ever come to me and said that you'll never walk again. It, I, doesn't, but it doesn't matter. Hang on, they told your family, they've, they've told stuff to your family, they didn't tell you? Yes, it, but it doesn't matter. Right. 
Why doesn't it matter? We have two choices. You can either stay at home and feel sorry of yourself. You can just get on with your life. Your yeah. life will be different. Yeah. Of course it will. But what are you going to do? How... Listen, I was saying off air, my mum's very ill, she's got MS, and she's, you know, in a terrible physical and, and uh, mental state as well, to a certain extent. And I look at her, and I kind of think, if I were in her position, I don't think I would particularly want to carry on. How do you get your... How do you stop... No, I know, I, I, how do you stop yourself being... I would, I would be at home miserable. How do you stop yourself being miserable? The question's wrong. Right, go on. Correct I, me. I have a better life than just about everybody I know. Right. Okay, I can't walk. It's true. I yeah. can get about pretty well anywhere you can get. And I can get, and I'll do it differently, and mm. I'll probably need a bit of help. Mm. But anything you can do, I can do as well. Oh, I'm glad you it's, said it's not better. That, that <laughs> sounds like a challenge to me there. Th- there's not much you can't do, but you yeah. do it differently, and a lot of things take longer, and a lot of things take some help. Honestly, I have a fabulous quality of life. Right, a lot okay. of people would switch with me. Yeah, I'm okay. sure that... We'll talk about the demand and, and, and the accoutrements that are available in a second. But I'm guessing when this happened in your teenage years, what, something about 15 years ago? 45. <laughs> I, was, I was being polite, but yes. my best friend, yeah. <laughs> so 45 years ago, uh, it's, I would say it's probably only in the last 20 years that people with disabilities and in wheelchairs have kind of... Uh, there have been attempts to make them feel more mainstream, if you see what I mean. Uh, and 45 years ago, I would imagine it was a bit Victorian, wasn't it? Y- yes. What, what was there uh, th- that was available to you? Well, you got a wheelchair, and it was... My first wheelchair weighed 48 pounds. Wow. My current one weighs about 15 yeah, pounds. Yeah, yeah. That's a big difference. And that was one of the ones, I guess, you, you're, you're wheeling around yourself. It's not, it wasn't yes. an electric or anything. No, lightweight, places. yeah, so-called. And were there any of these things that, that you know, that, that, that made life easier? Not really. You would go to the pub with your mates and... This is the English for you, and I'll yeah. tell you the difference with the Americans. The Eng- we would look at the old wheelchair and say, that's terrible, somebody should do something. And an American woman did. Right. And she founded a company called Quickie. She was doing exactly the same in a bar in America, yeah. except that she went into the garage, hammered about with things a bit, and made herself a brand new design of wheelchair. Yeah. And uh, it was much, much lighter, much stronger than all the others. And she's now a rich woman. Wow. That's the American story, isn't it? Yeah. But, uh, it, that would have been the very late 1970s. So how did life change? You, you're you're a, an energetic, athletic gymnast, a teenager. You, you're faced with this terrible accident. How long were you in hospital for? Uh, nine months. Nine months. That must have been frustrating in itself. I think it's different now. There's a medical emergency, and after that there's a rehab, and in the old days they didn't distinguish. But I learned to play cards, yeah. (laughs) And then you came out. You can't always... You're very optimistic now, obviously, and very upbeat, and, you know, life is life. You couldn't have always been that at the age of, say, 18, 19. Really? Yeah. You're nodding. From from day one, you're like, okay, right. Absolutely. I've never, ever been unhappy about it. Never. I don't think it's possible. You see... I understand people looking and they think it wouldn't be terrible. I understand that and yeah. I agree with it. Yeah. But it's such a small thing. And what kind of life are you going to have if that's what you focus on? Oh, so you've got totally the, exactly the right attitude. I, I find it difficult to understand how you got there. Was there no bitterness or resentment or looking up and going, why me? No, honestly, never. Right. You know, wh- why family support, parental love, etc., etc. All of that stuff's very, very important. Yeah. Right circle of friends, crucially important, yes. Uh, I suppose we should, I guess we should explain, I don't know if this is the, the, the kind of politically correct question to ask, but I, I, if you could describe for this as home, what can't you do? How are you, what, I mean, obviously you can't walk. Change your light bulb. <laughs> 
that's a good thing. It's always a dangerous thing trying to change your light bulb. Is, is, so is, is the main thing that you can't, your, is, your legs don't work, is that correct? Right. I'm, can I say that I'm paralysed, the usual term you get is paralysed below the shoulders. Okay. That means uh, no muscles below their work and my hands and arms are partly paralysed. Okay, so I'm saying you're, you're, you're using, it would appear yeah. you're using your arms. Yeah, your they're not very well though, I couldn't pick up a pencil with any Right. Ease. I'm quite good, there are a lot of people, I'm about the limit of what you can do. Uh, I have small paraly- paralysis in the arms, not a lot. Okay. Loads of people have much more paralysis. That means I can be completely independent. Okay. Uh, now, let's, let's talk about demand. The, the, how did you get involved with them? How did you first make contact with them? Or did they get in contact with you? Uh, no. Um, an occupational therapist at Stoke Mandeville Hospital mentioned them because I was having trouble with something and nobody knew what to do. So they said, oh, why don't you try these guys' demand? Um, for I, for years, I didn't. I'm such an idiot. I didn't know what occupational therapy was. I thought it was to do with jobs and stuff. But it's it's to kind of help you, ar- just do everything, isn't it? Make a cup of tea, uh, just, it, pretty it, much everything it, in it, your it's life. It's the non-medical part of helping you get back to a normal life, particularly with working in mind. Yeah. Did you find them again? The only point of reference I have is my mum, and I found some of the occupational therapists. How can I put this politely? I can't. Pretty rubbish. So there were some that were great and would, would go the extra mile and we would try wheelchairs and we would try all these different kinds of things. They go, no, that's not quite right. Let me adjust this. That's not quite right. Uh, and we would find some where we'd go in and they'd just kind of fob us off a little bit. Were they always very helpful with you? Uh, difficult because I'm so pushy. Right. Oh, God. Are you trouble? I, I don't, yeah, I don't oh. ever make their lives easy. So, <laughs> they would tell you that most patients are pretty terrible. <laughs> As you should be. You know, there's every right you should be demanding, but you kind of would say no i'm happy with this please can we have something can we try something else can we yes. do something different here yes and they put you in touch with demand yes and how did they sell that to you what did what did they say would be oh, the benefits no, well, of this? i'll tell you exactly what the problem was um after 40 odd years your shoulders start to go a bit right a lot of people my age have a funny hip or a funny back well i've got funny shoulders yeah um so getting in and out the car's tricky a lot of people use a slider board, a piece of wood. When yes. I, find, I find that the board slides around. It's a bit unstable. Yep. So I went there and talked to them. We were looking about what we might do. And I said, there must be something else, something different. And they yep. said, well, this is what we do. Try demand. And that was exactly it. Okay, well, listen, we, we will talk more. We'll find out exactly what uh, demands do after this. 08459 455 555 if you want to join in. Getting beds, hearts and bucks talking when you're getting up. We can <laughs> include second place as a sort of win. So you've got a sort to... of win? Oh, oh, I prefer that to one second place. You're good, Vera. You're the... I am good. Yeah. <laughs> I am good. A little bit bonkers, but good. I am, yeah. <laughs> Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. Now, you don't run a bingo hall, Val, but you've noticed more people coming to play bingo with you. Yes, I have. What, why do you think that is? Oh, hang on, hang on a minute, Val. Alison, do you need some milk? Oh, sorry. Well, I just heard you go, milk. <laughs> Are you all right? Ian Lee. You're the worst presenter on radio. Weekday mornings from six on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, this is Ian Lee filling in for Nick Coffer. He's off sick. I'm joined by Denise Gillies, who is the fundraising manager for Demand. Hello, Denise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've got Gary Hughes, who uses the equipment that they come up with. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to the story. Uh, you, um, your occupational therapist put you in touch with Demand. Just remind us again, what was the specific problem that they Get- could help you with? Getting in and out of the car without right. wrenching my shoulders. Yeah. So you, get, you go to Demand, and what happens? They had the equipment there already, or...? No, no, no. Um, Brian, 
Hybrine, who's a genius, yes. stood there and said, well, show me what the problem is. Right. He said, well, what you need is this. And he described it, and it sounded unusual, and it sounded interesting, and he went away and made it. So they didn't have it. No. He, he saw it. you getting in and out of a car, yeah. saw the problem, yeah. and came up with a solution. Within an hour, he'd um, mocked one up. Wow. And then I went back a week later, and he'd made a proper one, covered with beautiful shiny leather so it looks nice inside <laughs> the car and so on. And, and it, and it worked? Yes. Well, there's a fair gap between the driver's seat and the wheelchair, and you have to get yourself over that. Yeah. Um, what Brian said was, let's just make this block so it's specially shaped, it fits that gap exactly, and it fits the funny-shaped dorsal on the bottom, so it cannot move, and you just slide across. In an absolute... What was that like? Well, that must have been a, a revelation yes. for you. Yes. He's giving you the independence to get in and out of the car without the danger of falling or slipping or, you know... That particularly without the long-term wear and tear <laughs> on the shoulders. <laughs> that, that was the motivation, to try and save your shoulders. Of course. And uh, what happened then? You just kept coming up with problems, did well, you? I, Being I just, a pain. I just got a new car, yeah. and wheelchairs are terrible for cars. Yeah. They're big, they have sharp edges. So I said, can you protect a few bits? So he spent quite a while protecting all the bits on the car that we'd uh, otherwise be destroying its resale value. Yeah. So then I said, well, how about um, I go skiing? So uh, I'm quite an active sportsman, and I said, I have trouble skiing, so I can't. you have little riggers. Uh, you sit down in what's called a... Some people will be surprised to hear that you're paralysed from, was it the, sh- the chest down, yes. and you, you, you go skiing? Yes. Okay. It's easy. You have a... It's easy. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, go on. Sorry, conceptually. <laughs> um, you sit in a plastic bucket on a motorbike shock absorber on a single ski. That's basically it. See, I'd be up for that. That sounds it's like fun. Great. Do it. It's great. I don't like the idea of actually skiing and standing there skiing, because I would snap my legs. But the, the, the sitting in a bucket on a shock absorber... Less far to fall. And, and, and this, is, this is what they built for you, was it? Uh, no. no. They're, they're called monoskis. Right. Check it out on Google. Yep. Um, and they're fabulous fun. Very few able-bodied people try it, and I think they should. Yeah. But the, the, you have little riggers. They're like very short elbow crutches with a small ski on the bottom. Right. And that just helps you keep your balance. Well, with paralysed hands, I can't hold them, so I can't ski well. Yeah. So Brian made... We, initially, they were strap-on clamps. Now they are metal clip-on clamps. Ooh. We've been through our third iteration, I think. Yeah. So now you take, I take the clamps skiing with me. They clip onto any rigger because these guys are quite good yeah and they clip on and they never come off and they clamp around your hands and your hands are clamped on and will not come off so i now ski quite well i like the sound of this brian guy is is there are there a team of boffins that, that work in a laboratory you know, yeah denise yeah. So how many people work on this kind uh, of well we've got two sites we've got one in hertfordshire yep. that's langley and one in yorkshire and over the two sites we've got 23 staff um the office staff, like me, in fundraising, we're part-time. Yeah. And then the really important guys, the designers and engineers, they're full-time. And so, yes, we've got a team of guys who do all the drawings. They come up with the designs. And then we've got workshops downstairs with, obviously, uh, metalwork, woodwork, plastics. And they do all the engineering, so everything is done on site. How many people... I was going to say, how many people are there like Brian? But I, I would imagine Brian's quite unique. How many people are, uh, is demand helping and, and catering for? Last year, 3,654 people benefited from our wow. services. We would love to expand. Our dream is to open up a third site in Scotland. Yep. Um, because our reach... It, we are UK-wide, but it's obviously quite hard to help 
individuals unless they're, they're, they can come to of us course, and yeah. we can get to them easily. I've, I've, I had a little look at your brochure that we got sent through uh, uh, earlier on, and my favourite thing on, the, on there was a, there was a little kiddie uh, in a wheelchair, and to make his sister, I guess, feel more involved and, 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 and part of everything, there was one of those buggy boards on the back. Now, I'm a dad, I know what a buggy board is. It's a little thing that clips on the back of a, of a, of a, of a baby's buggy so the older kid can stand on the back. And it's such an obvious thing to make one for a wheelchair... But it, it, but no one's thought of it. It's genius. No, that's right. And the lady has a dog, and she couldn't actually sort of manage the children. Of course. And the dog at the same time. So she came to us, and we helped her. But you'll notice that the buggy board is actually... It looks like a butterfly. Yeah. Um, or a ladybird. We've done several. And quite often, we have to make things look appealing so that children will actually use them. Yeah. Because if it doesn't look good, they don't want to use it. So... Our designers are quite good at prettying things up well, as well. Brian talking about his his fancy leather. I don't know what you'd call it. Get in and out of a car thing. Because uh, <laughs> uh, again, a lot of these uh, uh, accoutrements that are there to help people and make their lives easier yeah. are flipping ugly. They're horrible big bits of plastic, and they're they're, they're scratched, and they're unattractive. They're big bits of metal, and they're unattractive, and they all look very sort of nineteen eighties NHS style. It, it's nice to have a little bit of design in there and a little yeah. bit of something making it a bit more attractive. Yeah, it keeps it interesting yeah. for our designers as well. They're good at the design, they're yep. innovative, they're creative. The quality of the workmanship is superb. Over the decades, I've used quite a lot of engineers up and down the country, professional firms, to make the things I need and demand are up there with the best of them. Really? The quality of the work is superb. How many, uh, how many things have they made for you, Gary? Uh, well, let's see. Getting it out of the car and then not scratching the car... And then the skiing things, uh, several generations of that, uh, but also then things for the wheelchair, yeah. particularly cushions and upholstery. The manufacturers will claim that they do custom building, but they don't really. That's no. a narrow range. And they're commercial organisations. They can't you know, cater for the wacky ones. Yeah. So they've made several things for my wheelchairs to put the cushion exactly where I want it, as I want it and so on to overcome limitations Denise speak freely I know he's sat next to us how demanding is Gary is he a pain do you know what Gary is is a delight to work with because he (laughs) comes up with innovative ideas as well but although we are a charity um, and that's because most of the time people aren't able to afford services like this and they don't really exist but Gary actually does does give donations for the work that we do so he's not taking advantage of us in any way and um you know, a lot of the things that we do, we're learning all the time. Yeah. Okay, listen, we're running out of time. If, if people want to get involved, what, what can they do? How, how do they, um, how can they, they help? They can fundraise in all the normal ways, participate yep. in runs, challenge events, vintage tea parties Ooh, are one nice. of the lovely things that we do. But just give me a call, go to our website. What's the web? If people are interested, they go, hang on a second, you might be able to help my mum or my little boy or something. Where's, where can they go? What's, what, what can they, where's the website? The website is www.demand.org.uk. Okay, well, listen, fantastic. You're doing a cracking job. Thank you very much for coming in. Um, do, anything else you need to say? Do we get all the business side out of it? There we go. Lovely, excellent stuff, Denise Gillies, the fundraising manager at Demand. Gary Hughes, who is a client and uses their equipment. Um, right, 08459 455555. Let me speak to you after this. Robbie Williams and Candy. Hello, this is Ian Lee. Filling in for Nick Coffrey. He's not very well. He's lost his voice. Hopefully he'll be back tomorrow. Fingers crossed. Well, we've got a, a clairvoyant and a, a psychic, Gillian Kemp, coming in, who's written the book, The Good Spell Book. Hopefully she can put a spell on Nick from a distance and make him feel a little bit better. And also computer expert Peter Rochford. It will be answering your questions from 2 o'clock. Any queries or complaints or puzzles about computers, get in touch. If your email works, 
then do send us an email, nick at bbc.co.uk, or you can give us a call and book your place now, 08459 455 555. It does get busy, so give us a call now. So yes, clairvoyant Gillian Kemp is coming in. Do you believe in all these kinds of bits and pieces? I'm, I'm a sceptic, but I am prepared to be convinced. 08459 455 555. Hello, this is Ian Lee, filling in for Nick Coffer. He's not very well. I'm, I'm getting all bummed up. Maybe the show is haunted. We've got some spooky things coming up with a clairvoyant, clairvoyant shortly. I'm all bummed up, but I haven't got my Vicks with me. It's in the car! I hope it's in the car, otherwise I'm in very, very bad trouble. Uh, in this hour, we will be speaking to clairvoyant Gillian Kemp, who's written uh, the Good Spell book. And it looks fantastic. It's a great little, little book, because it's all done like old-school styly. Is that the technical term for it? <laughs> old-school styly. It looks like a really old-fashioned book, and it, it, it looks fantastic. And it's got proper spells in it to rid yourself of an unwanted lover, to get a loving response. To bring a lover back was a lot of love here. To have your love returned. What's, 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 what's all this? To increase health. Here's my favourite. To remove a headache. You can rub a headache away by rubbing a horseshoe on your forehead. I'm assuming you take it off of the horse's foot before you do that. How does that work? If you want to talk to her, uh, give us a call 08459 455 555. We've got a couple of emails. We're well, nick at bbc.co.uk. Ian, I once had healing and it worked. It was at a family gathering. I'd never met the man before and laughed when he offered to try and ease my back pain. He didn't touch me, just held his hands about four inches from me. I felt intense heat and immediate relief. From what had been an... I don't know why I'm laughing, I'm sorry. I'm reading innuendo into everything. From what had been an extremely serious injury, he did it quietly, without fuss. I believe he still offers his services for free at his local spiritualist church. Uh, that's from Lorraine. And Issy uh, has emailed him. Nick at bbc.co.uk. I'm waiting for the spells. They're coming. The spells are coming. Is he not worried the spells are on the way? I'm waiting for the spells. And yes, I do believe. I don't know if spells work. We'll give some a try. <laughs> that's nice, isn't it? Because quite often you, we, we, you... Oh, we're making cakes today. Oh, I'll give that a try. Yes, we're going to tell you how to decorate your kitchen. I'll give that a try. We're doing spells today. Yeah, I'll be trying that at home. As he goes on, I do believe in ghosts. Uh, yeah, but yes, I do believe in ghosts had proof of this. Remember, to some people, their pet is the only thing, or to them, their family. So, of course, you want to close, be close to it, the same as your children and loved ones. Thank you, Issy. I think. Uh, oh, the pet safety spell, that was it. Sorry, I do apologise, yes. There was a, we, we were talking earlier on in the show about the pet safety spell that allows you to be psychically linked with your pet when your pet is away, either in kennels or at the vets. Uh, and from two, we've got a computer expert coming in. I thoroughly recommend that you, you book your call now to speak to Peter Rochford. He's brilliant. Uh, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be able to answer pretty much anything. If he can't, we'll just Google it. Uh, but, but call in and book your space now. Nick at bbc.co.uk or you can give us a call 08459 455 555. It, it will book out, so I suggest you get in touch pretty quickly. But after the Lars... We'll be speaking to our, our clairvoyant, our medium. I don't know what the difference is between a medium and a psychic and a clairvoyant. All these things. We can ask her and find out. Here's the Lars. There she goes. Lovely song. It's about something very, very naughty, though. You've got to love the Lars, haven't you? What a great song. It's about something very naughty, though. He's going for it there, isn't he? I'd not heard that before. The late Andy Williams really battling with that song to get it out. And I think, I think the song may have just beaten, beaten him. But what a cracking version of that. I'd not heard that. How is that possible? 
Hello to the listener, this is Ian Lee filling in for Nick Coffer, who's got, uh, well he's got hardly any voice, that's why we've sent him home. He came in, and he was talking like this, and we were all, Nick, just go home, for goodness sakes. If you like the nonsense that uh, I'm uh, rambling about, you can listen to me every weekday morning uh, from 6 to 9. And if you don't like it, then my name is Jonathan Vernon-Smith, and I'm on from 9 till 12. <laughs> oh, that's not fair. I don't think he's in the building, though, so we can get away with it. <clears throat> Now, our next guest is Gillian Kemp. She's a freelance writer and an astrologer from Edelsborough. She writes horoscopes for Baby and Your Health magazines. She also works as a clairvoyant medium, too. And she's got a book out. It's called The Good Spell Book. She joins me now. Hello, Gillian. Hi, Ian. I, we were talking about this earlier on. I don't know the difference between a clairvoyant and a psychic and a medium and, and a spiritualist. Is there a difference? Or are they all kind of well, the same thing? a medium is somebody who transfers messages from the spirit world to a loved one a clairvoyant the word means clear vision so a clairvoyant means someone who can see into the future perhaps using tea leaves tarot cards a crystal ball yeah um a psychic is i would say the same as a clairvoyant somebody who picks up things intuitively so intuition means to be taught from within and our spirit is inside our body our spirit has the same five senses as our body so it can see, hear, smell, taste, touch. All of us have a gut feeling yeah. about things. And if we listen to it, it is our compass that always points us personally in the right direction to make the right choice, do the right thing. Now, it's funny you say that because it, we all do get gut feelings, don't we? We all get yes. kind of hunches that, yes. that are based on nothing, no facts. There's, you know, it's all, I, I think, no, I think maybe we should definitely go left here. And th- it's things like that, isn't it? Yeah. Are you saying that's a psychic ability? I'm saying it's a psychic ability. It's oh, your spirit inside yes. your body looking after you. So am I psychic? I would say everybody is psychic. I think all women are witches because all women have feminine intuition. No, if I'd have, called, <laughs> if I'd have come on Nick's, Nick's show and said, all, all women out there, you're witches, I'd have been, it would be a Daily Mail front page. But I think it's okay for you to say. So are you all of those things? Are you a witch, a psychic, a clairvoyant, a medium? Can you I'm, do all of those? I'm not a witch. There's a man I know who jokes and introduces me to people as a witch and I say I won't confess unless you torch me first. Well, let's, we have a river. <laughs> Is there a river nearby that we can throw you in and see if you swim? So I'm not i don't belong to a coven but i have always had sixth sense okay when when did you realize that you were different well i realized when i was 12 i saw a ghost of my grandmother in my bedroom i told my mother by my description she recognized it as her dead mother and i think that all girls start getting intuition when they start maturing from children into adults and i think it's because as adults they're going to need it and it may have something to do with when mothers had to seriously know whether their baby was ill or hungry before the days when we had medicine so it's stronger with women you'd say i would say all women have feminine intuition and it's probably something to do with having babies and children and so you're saying that why men have got something now haven't we men have got intuition that's why the, be- the best detectives are men, and they always go yes, on a hunch. they do. They go on hunches. So I would say everybody's got intuition. Everyone's got a spirit inside their body. Everyone has a personal compass that says, turn left or don't yeah. do that, do this instead. But I think the more we use it, the better we get. And I think that's why detectives, I agree with you, are intuitive and follow their hunches. And it's because of their experience that 
they continue to do it because it's proved them right. Were you different growing up from other kids? No, I wasn't different. Right. It's just, I would say it's like saying, is someone who plays the piano different or a ballet dancer different? But no, there's a difference between b- b- playing the piano and being able to see dead people and um, bend spoons with your mind. Well, I don't bend spoons okay. with my mind. Although a hypnotist did show me how to do it, he said to imagine light going through the top of your head, through your arm, to your hand where you're holding the spoon, and it's got three seconds in which to bend, and you just imagine that the energy going through the top of your head, down your arm, to your fingers holding the spoon can do it have you done that i did do it with a little spoon (laughs) (laughs) hey a spoon's a spoon but he did it making a fork on a dining table in a restaurant go corkscrew shape wow i've seen yuri geller bend the spoon yes in front of me yes it's impressive i'm not 100 percent convinced i'm not 100 percent convinced i went to his house and he stood near a statue and held the statue first so i wonder whether there might be some metal bending bending statue thing some something that makes metal go soft he's i, I love you again like, he's, he's been he's been very very nice to me in the past he's completely bonkers but he's lovely does he have a bicycle hanging on a wall in his house somewhere um i've not seen that right okay okay but so d- you didn't when you were growing up d- did you try and hide the fact from your friends no you i could... didn't my friends loved it i right. used to um so when i told my mother she encouraged me she was naturally clairvoyant she could look at a person's face she right. would say to me you can see it in their face i'd say see what she'd say well you can just see it so what she meant is that you could look at a person's face yeah and know something about them God, so just staring at me like, as you say that that's no it's not scary you're a nice person so you've got nothing to be afraid of okay but for instance you could or i can look at a couple and think well that man who's married is having an affair with that woman that's married and then sometimes we're given the answer instantly yeah another time it might take three months to see them together and then that spirit saying how much in your face did you need it to be to see that what you thought was right what does that look like though when you see it well it just props into your mind as a thought listen I, i'm gonna put my cards on the table not my tarot cards but just my normal playing cards i'm slightly skeptical about all of yes. this but i'm not completely close-minded i would love to i would love someone to prove to me that ghosts are, are real and that psychic things and and that you can speak to i would love to so i'm not i'm not completely you know i'm not completely blocking it off and saying oh you're a lunatic for goodness sakes i you know I, I would i would love someone to be able to prove it to me so that's kind of where i am i can help you prove it to yourself halloween means holy evening yeah so it's associated with ghouls and ghosts because it's the time of year when the veil between our world and heaven or the spirit world the ghostly world is most transparent and because it's a foggy, misty time of year, it's also easier to imagine or think you're seeing ghosts. If you walk across a, a misty field, right. you can almost see spirits. But all of us, when we go to sleep, I believe our spirit leaves our body and it goes to the spirit world. Well. I believe all of us, if there's someone we want to see who has passed on, if we say before we go to sleep, please tonight, in my sleep, can I see my mother father grandma whoever it is brother sister who's dead who's dead yeah that we will meet them in our dreams and that is because when we go to sleep our spirit leaves our body and it goes to the spirit world and our spirit is connected to our body by a silver cord 
and our body is fed with energy down the silver cord while we sleep. So I believe anyone can be healed in their sleep by a spirit doctor if they ask to. I believe that we can see people who have passed on if we ask to. Yeah. Because our spirit goes to the spirit world where they are. I'm playing the cynic. Some people just say that's a dream. And that's just because you thought about them before you went to sleep. Well, it may be a dream. We meet them in our dreams, but the dream will have a different feeling to it. Or the person who has passed on will want the person who is wanting to meet them to know that on the other side the person is alive and well. So it may be a dream. But the dream is still a real meeting. Are you picking... Is there anybody in the studio with us? I would say that your grandmother has passed on and that she's looking after you from the other side. Okay. She says that you've been praying for help, your prayers are being answered, that she is removing the obstacles in your path. She says that you're going to be surprised at where you go and who you meet, that you're going to be meeting important people and famous people. This Christmas is going to be happier than last. I think there's a wedding coming up, or a wedding anniversary, where people are clinking glasses of champagne. Okay. Does she, she tell you? Does she tell you her name? Um, I can try and get her name. Um, she's saying that your year ahead is golden. Yeah. That you've got every reason to feel optimistic about your future. Okay. Okay, listen, Gillian, it's, it's all fascinating stuff. Stay there. We're going to play a record. We're joined by Gillian Kemp. Uh, we'll talk about the book as well. This is what we're here for, the good spell book. Um, 08459 455 555. The Supremes and Baby Love. Hello, this is Ian Lee filling in for Nick Coffer, who is off. Uh, may- maybe uh, we can do a little bit of a spell to see if we can help Nick Coffer get his voice back because you are desperate for a little bit of coffer action i'm joined by gillian kemp whose book the good spell book is uh it's an interesting read to say the least believe it or not it's certainly worth having a little bit of uh, a look at do you believe as i've said before on the show and on on other shows i'm skeptical but i'm not close-minded if someone can prove to me if someone can prove to me that ghosts exist or that spells work or that healing works or that you can talk to the dead if someone can give me the proof then i'm in totally if you want to get in touch or be involved 08459 455 555 is the phone number or you can send an email i have access to nick coffer's personal email account uh, nick at bbc.co.uk that's nick at bbc.co.uk we'll have more with Gillian kemp the author of the good spell book love charms magical cures and other practices if you like this nonsense that I'm, I'm spouting on about you can always listen to my show uh, weekday morning 6 till 9 before Jonathan comes in now we are joined by Gillian Kemp she's a writer and astrologer from Edelsborough she's a clairvoyant medium she's got a book called The Good Spell Book uh, tell us a little bit about this book Gillian what, why did you write this um, how it came about is that I interviewed gypsies and they were the last to be travelling in horse drawn caravans and so the spells are spells that they gave me. So they're Romani-based. The Romanis originated in India and came to England in the 1500s. They were acrobats, magicians, fortune tellers. And so the spells are ones that they have given me. But these don't work, do they? Well, I believe spells do work. It's like saying prayers don't work. I believe that by focusing on something we want it's like aiming a dart at a dartboard we achieve in attaining our goal and i think it's the emotion that goes in 
that brings the desired result. Okay, here's one. To remove a problem. Write a problem on the sole of an old shoe. <laughs> you see, even you're laughing. I'm trying well. not to laugh, and you're <laughs> laughing. Right, the, this can't work. Write a problem on the sole of an old shoe. Put the shoe on, stamp on the problem three times, then take the shoe off and burn it in a fire. Yes. That can't... Now, come on. It can, because How? the problem has been transferred to the shoe... And the shoe being burned in the fire gets rid of the problem. I, my mum would kill me if I burnt a shoe. It could be an old shoe that needed throwing in the bin anyway. I've never thrown shoes. I don't think I've ever thrown shoes away, apart from when I've grown out of them. Well, just get them resold. True, but it might be a pair that's been resold <laughs> so many times that the and best it, place for the pair of shoes is the bin. Okay, I'm going to read one out. It's a little bit. Can I read one of the fruity can, ones? This is yes. a fruity one. Okay, this is. If you've got young ears, you might want to cover them. This one's a little bit naughty. To conceive a son. At your most fertile time of the month, place one red rose in a vase on a table. Light a red candle, which is symbolic of Mars. Uh, next, light a green candle. Candle. Place it to the right of the red candle. Lots of candles. Um, now, close your eyes and imagine a red rosebud in your womb. Visualise the rosebud unfolding and coming into bloom. Open your eyes. Visualise the candlelight being channelled into your womb. Then close your eyes and continue with the visualisation. Leave the candles to burn themselves out. Take the bay leaf, kiss it three times, place it under your pillow, where it should stay throughout your fertile face. And then it gets the important bit. All that is required now is the cooperation of your partner. Exactly. That's the, uh, yes. the, the lovemaking. That's the wah-wah. <laughs> w- w- that's the yes. <clears throat> that, yes. that bit. That's, that's the most necessary Fwah. ingredient. Yes, the ingredient. Yes. Fwah. But, but visualising a candle in my womb. Visualising the light going into your womb, yes. or because roses represent love, the rosebud opening, it does work. People have told me it works. I think what makes it work is our intention. Yeah. The emotion we put in. Okay. You, uh, okay. Who has told you these things work? Um, I've... People who have come to me for readings, I yep. do tarot cards and I read the crystal ball, I give messages from people passed on. Yeah. And I have tried spells myself, and they do work. Okay, to have an object returned. Yes. I'm always losing things. Always losing yes. things. I have the worst memory. I put things. I put the key. I put things down, and also my wife moves things. So I, I've got a fantastic filing system, which is the floor, and I know where everything is because it is on the floor. She doesn't like this, and she has to tidy things up and put them in order, and oh, it just hides them somewhere. I don't know why she does that. Would these spells help me find the things that she's moved? Well, I would think asking her would help find what has been moved but I yes spells, i don't want to show a weakness by asking her there, she's one if i ask her there are spells to get somebody say to give something back when a relationship is over and they've got your cds yeah um, give, 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 what's, what's, what's that spell how would that work so well, they've got they've got um they've got all my, they've got my beatles box set right i want my beatles box set back and i've asked her and she said no you can't have it back you you gave this to me and i'm saying i didn't give it to you i bought it and i said you could listen to it it's mine she's refusing to give the beatles box set back so what do do? to do the spell for that would require you could use any colored candle yep uh white would be good yep. because it's pure you inscribe with a pin or a pen on the side of the candle name of person yep Return my Beatles box set. The box set. I wouldn't have to do each album individually. No, it's just you wouldn't. Beatles it box wouldn't set. fit on the candle. Okay. Then you would burn the candle until the flame burns through the writing. The alternative is write your request on a piece of paper 
burn the piece of paper in the candle flame and drop the burning paper onto a saucer or into a dish so it extinguishes to ash. There's a lot of burning, isn't there, with these spells? I like that aspect oh, of it. Witches were burned at the stake, weren't they? But burning is a way of um, finishing something off. Right, OK. Can anything go wrong with, with, with spells? If someone does a spell and only half does it, or isn't paying attention, or, or, or gets some of the wording wrong, can, no. can it go bad? No, I wouldn't say it would go bad. It would just need doing again because it wasn't completely cast at the time so there's no chance of a kind of dennis wheatley devil rides out spirits taking over and d- infiltrating you no or i would say definitely not good good i know that people who do the ouija board who have yep. trouble with it the mistake they make is inviting a spirit in but not saying now go away return to where you came from isn't it funny i am a skeptic but i wouldn't do a ouija board they say it attracts low spirits yeah ever done it? earthbound spirits yes i have done it my mother used to do it i had aunts who used to do it i didn't know the aunts but i was told that they used to be able to get a glass to move around the room in those days it was done with letters of the alphabet in a circle around an upturned glass even that's making me uncomfortable listen nick coffer who normally does this show yes. right, i know you are so keen to meet Gillian. i apologize he's not here he sends his best he was very upset that he couldn't get to get to see you uh, he's got a he's lost his voice he felt a little bit groggy when he came in he was very pale uh and his voice is basically gone can we can you do a spell yes we can. i don't want to do this shift again tomorrow doing two <laughs> two three hour shows in one day is, it was a ridiculous idea i only volunteered to be kind i didn't think they'd take me up on it if i'm being completely honest can we do a spell to make sure he's <laughs> back tomorrow please we can do a spell we can light a candle and send him absent healing by imagine the, imagining the light of the candle going into his body now we can't light a candle in the studio for health and safety self and safety gone mad um we can do it not in the studio or listeners could do it and okay. send absent healing to him there we go tell the listeners what they need to do light a candle any color any color yep. and send light which is absent healing to Nick Coffer to wish him well. Or his wife could give Nick a little bit of a haircut. She could trim his fingernails. <laughs> I'll stop you there. He's not got that much hair to start with. <laughs> Tiny amount then. <laughs> a little bit, yes. Perhaps a little bit from his legs. <laughs> OK, that might be the way around it, yes. <laughs> cut his so, fingernails. Cu- cut his fingernails. Yep. Cut some of his hair and bury them in the garden. Or, alternatively, throw the hair and nail clippings in a stream. <laughs> really? And that I'm... will wash away his illness. OK. And that, so he could be back tomorrow? He could be back tomorrow. So if the listeners are at home, because I, I think I, I genuinely want people to try this. Dear listener, if you have a candle, could you do me a favour? Go and get it. Light it. Should, do they need to say anything or, yeah, or just, do just anything? Just say in their own words, but for Nick Coffer to be sent healing. For light to enter every cell of his body and being. Nick Coffer, I'm sending... I'm going to do this tonight. I'm going to light a candle. I'm seriously going to try this. And I'm I'm going to send you healing and light into every bit of your being. Every cell of his body and being. Every cell of your body and being. Fingers crossed. <laughs> I don't, I, don't you laugh? You're supposed to be the serious one, Gillian. Laughter, tra- laughter lifts the vibration. Laughter helps to make it work. Someone needs to tell Jonathan Vernon Smith that. Maybe he should introduce it to his show. Gillian, stay with us. We'll have more of it. Uh, uh, after Tina Turner, what's love got to do with it? Good afternoon. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio, filling in for Nick Coffer. I hope you've all done your Nick Coffer spells. 
send him light and energy into every part of his being. And, and Mrs. Nick Coffer, you need to cut what remains of his hair and his uh, fingernails and bury them. Burn them and bury them, or something like that, wasn't it? Uh, bury them in the garden or throw them into a running stream to and wash the illness away. That voice is Gillian Kemp, who's our guest today, who's a psychic and a medium and all kinds of things. Now, Gillian, my t- I'm slightly sceptical, but we've had a text from Jill. And if you want to text in uh, and speak to Gillian, uh, 81333, start your text 3CR. Uh, I took a green candle and inscribed it with £10,000. I did the spell on a Wednesday of a waxing moon. Which one's waxing? Is that when it's going waxing or Waxing is when the moon is growing full. Right. And we do spells for what we want when it's waxing because the full moon will bring us increase. OK. Two years later, I won £10,000 on a scratch card. I needed the money for house repairs. From Jill. So I believe Spooky. that could be because she cast her spell. Or... Because she was lucky on a... It could be just luck, couldn't it? And coincidence. There's a two-year gap. What's the kind of time... I think it can vary, but the fact is she got what she asked for. What's this? This sounds a little bit like that cosmic ordering that Edmonds does. I would say it is that. It it's is that thing where he, he writes on his hand, I want, a, I want another helicopter and a new series of Deal or No Deal. And then he draws like a star or something and he throws it out to the universe. Is that... That's kind it of is. Works, it's similar, it? as I said earlier, to saying a prayer. It's sending the message out... You've sent the message into the ether, so therefore it will meet with a connection. You're a charlatan. You're a <laughs> fraud. This is nonsense. Now, that's what some of the people might be saying. How would you counter those accusations? Well, I would say that I know from personal experience that the things that I suggest other people do have worked for me. Yeah. And for people I have given the information to. Now, you're t- you, you, you do weddings and corporate events and things like that. What do you do at these kind of do's? You, well, you sit there with your tarot cards and your crystals? I do. I take my tarot cards and crystal ball and I tell fortunes. Yeah. Each fortune or each, each little reading lasts five or ten minutes yeah. because it's a party, so I need to get through a lot of people. Yeah. People don't want to be queuing and ruining the party by being in a queue. But yes, I do little clairvoyant readings and when you do the, the, these readings how does it work do, is, is it a voice in your head do you see things can you how does i see spirits around people each tarot card or playing card has a specific meeting yep. uh, meaning yep. and it's joining the meanings together according to what card is next to each card yeah but children are very good at tea leaf reading tea leaf reading is very simple or coffee grounds reading you swill the cup so that there's hardly any tea left. Yeah. Just grounds of coffee or tea. Let your imagination wander and you can see animals, houses, scenery, letters of the alphabet. Yeah. And you just interpret it according to what your imagination is telling you. Pe- some people might say that that's a load of old nonsense. Um, and there is there is no evidence, is there, that tea leaf <laughs> reading works, is there? Well, if there was, we'd all be doing it. Well, I think it's a thing that our grannies used to do. Yeah. Or in the days before tea bags. I was say, you can't do it with the pyramids now, can you? The old. Uh, well, you can if you empty them out, but oh. I think that proper loose leaf tea is bigger leaves, so it's dust in tea bags. Mm. Not as good as loose leaf tea, but children are good at. Any kind of Can you of do it with the dreg? Because you know when you make a hot chocolate? Yes. And you, you don't always stir it properly, and there's yes. like a big th- bit of thick chocolatey yes. scum at the bottom. Yes. Can you read the future from hot chocolate? You can, yes. I think you can read it by crumbs of toast on a plate. Wow. 
<laughs> okay, stay there. We'll speak more after this. Right, I've just seen. Uh, this is Ian Lee, by the way, filling in for uh, Nick Coffer, and I'm joined by Gillian Kemp. The, the the spell. I was trying to find the spell. Oh yes, how you can uh, get a psychic link with your pet. Now, come on, listen. I'll I'll, I'll buy the burning, the writing on the sole of the shoe, and stamping your foot and burning a shoe, even though my mum would tell me off. A psychic link with your pet while they're at the vets. Yes, because come on. <laughs> Come on, Gillian. Our, our pets are very close to us. In fact, our pets help us to be psychic because we have to tune into them. Because they can't speak, we have to understand what they mean by their body language. We have to pick up on them not being as well as they should when they're ill. So I think all pet owners would say to you that they have a psychic link with their pet. Yeah. It's quite common that a dog or a cat knows its owner is coming home from wherever they've been, maybe work, maybe shopping, maybe on holiday. Hang on, here's another pet one. This isn't a spell. This is just sensible advice. To find a missing pet, a bird, hamster, guinea pig or rabbit that has gone astray can be welcomed home with this basic spell. Call the pet's name three times, <laughs> tie a yellow cord around its cage after having replenished its food and bedding, then call the pet's name three times again. So you're putting food and water down and calling its name. That's what you do, Gillian. Well, this was given to me by the Romanies, and I would say, yes, it's got a very good chance of <laughs> working but some people might not think of doing that what calling the name of course you would well they would call the name but they might not put the yellow cord around okay. the cage and food in for okay. it I, I i suspect that some of our listeners are not taking this as seriously as i'd like them to Gillian. i can only apologize jane has emailed in we were talking about the spell for nick to light a candle yes. and to send the energy to, to him jane has emailed saying that she doesn't have a candle but she's turned on the torch and waved it around a bit yes that's good that's sending him light and because a torch a torch it's still represents light okay and the thing is because multiple people are casting the same spell it multiplies the energy it multiplies the energy Gillian, listen we're running out of time very quickly uh, the book is the good spell book love charms magical cures and other uh, practices it's a gorgeous little book it looks fantastic you've got a website as well haven't you yes my website is gilliankemp.com okay so it gives other books and it it says how to contact me if a person would like a reading or a, a party <laughs> reading or a party we can do either of them Ginny it's so nice to meet you thank you very much for putting up with my ridiculous line of questioning I've I appreciate it. it thank you thank you very much coming up in the next hour of the show we have our computer expert any problems now is the chance to speak to Peter Rochford 08459 455 555 I love Mumford and Sons I'd forgotten about them they're cracking band aren't they Superb. Mumford and Sons, I will wait. Good afternoon, Ian Lee filling in for Nick Coffin. There's only another hour of this nonsense doing duel before Roberto comes in and, and, and raises the standard of broadcasting by quite some way. A computer expert Peter Rochford is coming in for the last hour of the show. Any computer or techie-based problems, do get in touch and get in touch now because it, it, it fills up quite quickly this hour. You can give us a call, 08459 455555 or email, if you're computer is working of course nick at bbc.co.uk another hour to go peter rochford computer expert boffin geek technical advisor coming in to answer your questions about computers 08459 555555 the bbc in beds hearts and bugs this is bbc three counties radio cabbage patch kids they say Cabbage Patch Kids. They were rubbish in the 80s. 
we don't need those in the 21st century. Yes, kids getting giant tablets for, for Christmas. That's what it's all about. Peter Rochford, computer expert, coming up after the Jacksons. Oopsie daisy, I was using the wrong computer, uh, and what I was doing there is I was trying to send a little message to someone. Let me see if I can get that to work again. Here we go. Let's continue. Oh dear, they'll never get me back, will they? Here's the Jacksons. I thought it was going too smoothly. The producer went off to get our next guest, was gone for 30 seconds. We've got two keyboards here, and I went to type a little message on Facebook. Wasn't even work related. It wasn't even work related. I used the wrong keyboard and I paused the Jacksons. How embarrassing. Nick Coffer wouldn't have done anything like that. Now don't forget, light your candles or waggle your torches around in the air. It's all light. It all works, apparently. And send him energy to his hair and toenail clippings that are buried in the back garden or something. No, send him your toenail clippings. That's it. And he'll be back tomorrow. I hope so. I can't do another. I can't do another Nick Coffer show. It turns out I'm a disaster. This is Ian Lee filling in for Nick Coffer, and you've been very patient uh, and very kind in letting me sit in for him. And uh, yeah, thank you very much for that. Coming up uh, in the last hour of the show before Roberto, we've got Peter Rochford, who is a computer expert. If you've got a problem with your computer, your hard drives, your printers, anything like that. Do give us a call, 08459 455 555. He will be the man to answer it. I'm having great trouble, trouble with my printer for some reason. It won't sync up. Oh, we could, uh, hopefully he'll know about 4G as well. We could talk to him about the 4G thing that I think has launched today. Fingers crossed. 08459 455 555. Now, a new song has been added to the Three Counties playlist this week, courtesy of our BBC Introducing Show. Introducing is great. Supports the bands and musicians from the Three Counties, and there are some real gems in there. Just like this. Uh, it's Jenna Marabise. She is from Bedford. She's a singer-songwriter inspired by David Bowie and Lou Reed. This is her brand-new single. It's out now. It's called Masquerade, and you can hear it all week on Three Counties Radio. Well, there we go. Uh, that was uh, Jenna Marabise. And that was her song, Masquerade, and that's from uh, BBC Introducing. Getting beds, hearts and bucks talking when you're getting up. Ken, is your car insurance going down? No, mine's gone up this year, actually, Nick. Who's Nick? Sorry. That's okay, Steve, don't worry, we'll we'll stick with Nick. So, Dave, how much was your car insurance, and what is it now, Mark? It was 300, and it's gone up to 380. Are you happy with that 382 pounds, Alan? Hello? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. I'm, I'm thinking, Justin, have they got two suits? Maybe we could have a little race in the suits. Uh, actually, I'll tell you what. It's not a bad idea, is it? The great thing about Ian Lee back in the studio, he doesn't need an age suit, you see. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Lee. I thought it was Nick. Weekday mornings from six on BBC Three Counties Radio. That was me. That was embarrassing. I hate listening to my voice. In my head, I sound really posh. In real life, I sound very, very common. Uh, this is Ian Lee filling in for not, uh, Nick Coffer. We're joined by Peter Rochford, who's a computer... You're a computer expert. Is that how you bill yourself? Um, yeah. Allegedly. Where, 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 do you, where does the expert bit come from? Is that, is that, do you just know a lot? You're a bit of a geek? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been using computers for, oh, many years. Probably about 30 years, something like that, yeah. Can but I ask, were you a Spectrum man or a BBC man? BBC man. Yeah, good for you. Well done. There are very few of us around. Yes, yeah, so I actually wrote stuff for, um, for the BBC computer. I actually wrote programmes for it. What, what programmes did you write? Oh, uh, I wrote a lot of stuff for their user magazine, B-Bug. Yeah. People will probably remember. Yes. I worked for them for years and wrote all kinds of stuff for them. Well, yeah. g- g- give me examples. This is, ex- this um, is fantastic. Forget what? everyone who's called in it's just you it's just you and me now peter it's just us chatting no i did a, i did what was sort of like a forerunner of a gui you know where you t- select things by just you know uh, using a rather than using a mouse
starts using numeric keypads. Yep. So it actually just put a disc in and it collated everything on it, put it into a menu, had a clock on the screen, all this yep. sort of stuff. Wow. Uh, loads of other bits and pieces. Were different it sounds things. dead basic now at the yeah. time, though. That was advanced futuristic it stuff. Was. Yes, it was. I got a BBC. I always wanted a Commodore, but someone made the mistake of telling my parents that the BBC was educational. Exactly. So yeah. I got it for that, and it was... Um, I had some yeah. good times. You cut, hey, come around to my house and hang out. We'll get my old BBC out. We'll play some games. You up for that? <laughs> Lovely, yeah. Excellent. We'll play a bit of, a little bit of Elite. Now, you are a computer expert. Today, is it today that's the launch of Windows 8? It's this week, isn't it's it? It's this week, yes. So, Windows 8, the new operating system from Windows. Windows having a tough time of it, I think, Very really. Much. A lot of companies are, because Apple is apple was 10 15 years ago the little indie but mm. now they're kind of steaming ahead aren't they with everything because they're so cool that's it it's very cool to have apple stuff yep. it's not so cool now to have microsoft and i think microsoft have got a bit of an uphill battle now to uh, to gain the ground back that they've lost and certainly are they going to do it with windows 8 um well my own personal feelings of windows 8 having used it is not that intuitive um it may be great on a tablet but i'm not that convinced about using it on a desktop machine they've completely because i saw it a couple of weeks ago and i quite liked it i saw it on a tablet mm. uh, and they've completely changed the way it looks haven't they did, 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 yeah i mean i used windows um windows smartphone with the tiles a while ago and i i think actually it's a fabulous interface but on a touch device such yep. as a, um, a smartphone or a tablet um i th- I'd, I'd prefer it if the apps were around and if the support was about for it and all the rest of it i would probably switch to it from what i'm using at the moment which is android yeah um because i think out of the two personally i, f- I think windows windows 8 or windows phone 8 rather yeah it's brilliant and it's lovely to use it's so fluid it's so slick and the whole thing behind having these live tiles where you see everything coming in all the time i think it's a great concept i think it's got a lot of potential but for a pc yeah but for a pc though i think it's very weird when you've got um this interface with the tiles and then you keep having to switch back from forward from that to the desktop when you do things and then you get into the desktop and suddenly you go to click on the start button at the bottom left hand corner we're all used to and it's gone there's no start button no there's no start button how does that work well basically when you want to get to anything you have to go back to the tiled interface really um and then you can get access to you know your programs which are now going to be called apps rather than programs as they was before it we talking about this off air and it sounds like uh, the, the, the disastrous uh, operating system they had was um uh, millennium wasn't yeah it? that was the one that and did vista that, that, well vista was came after it, and uh, millennium was the one where everyone went oh my god what on earth have you done and they realized microsoft realized pretty quickly that they, they'd made a stinker didn't they exactly yeah people but, people don't want that much change they, they like the familiarity they want to sit at their desk or have their laptop on the, on the table in front and they want the familiarity don't they I think so, yeah, because, you know, the people that I meet, you know, day to day, you know, if, if something's not where it should be on the screen, they're lost, you know, so they, they really like an interface that they're used to, something that, that, you know, they've got used to over a period of time. They don't want a lot of change, and you don't really need it in a lot of cases. I think a lot of these companies, you know, they're making change for the sake of it. Okay, if you want to talk to Peter yeah. this morning, we're here for an hour till uh, 3 o'clock when Roberto takes over. Do give us a call, 08459 555555. You can text as well, 81333, starting your text 3CR. We've got a text here. When I try to... Oh, the, the disk defrag. I, uh, when I try to disk defrag my computer, a message comes up saying, run... <laughs> C-H-K-D-S-K. What is this, and how do I do it? Does that mean anything to you? Yeah, it's check disk. Basically, what it is, it's a, it's a utility uh, that's built into the operating system for checking the hard drive for errors. So before you actually defrag it, you need to check the disk for errors, and you can run check disk um, straight from the command line if you can go into start, run, uh, and then just put in check disk and hit enter. Or you can right-click 
over uh, the drive that you're trying to defrag. And if you go into tools, you'll see there's an error checking um, uh, button there. You just click on that, and it will actually error check it first, and then you can do your defrag. Afterwards. So that's quite easy. And, and yeah. the, for those, I'm, I'm at the borders of my technical knowledge here. Mm-hmm. Defragging is where you basically just tidy up everything that's in the computer's brain, and it makes it go faster. Is that right? Well, it does. It does help. Not so much these days as it used to with with, um, the older older computers. But yes, certainly it does help. What it does is it actually all of the the holes in the in the disk, so to speak, where programs have been have now been deleted. So you've got redundant spaces of data. It actually sort of puts all these together, squashes them all up. Therefore, you know you've got much less data or much less stuff for it to have to look at. So yeah, it does improve it. The one that's built into windows is not very good it's not that brilliant it's very slow you're better off going to somewhere like uh, there's a company called piriform uh, and they do a thing called defragler um, and if you download that it's a lot better than the one that's built into um, into windows i have uh, i have a mac mm-hmm. a laptop a mac a desktop and i've got like a windows kind of laptop so i can do use both whenever i need to uh, and i had the my mac was running so slowly like really slowly mm-hmm. and i realized that i was using uh, most of the memory had was used up because i've got a lot of videos and things on there right and i had great pleasure just chuck just clearing stuff out dragging it into the waste bin <laughs> dragging it in and emptying it and it was superb it was like tidying up my room it was very cathartic and it went much faster yeah well some people think yeah it's like therapeutic some people like hoovering they reckon it's therapeutic so probably yeah. cleaning up your computer has the same kind of effect what i did do is i treat i'm, I'm, uh, the, the, I'm obsessed with the particular group and i've got lots of videos and lots of just stuff on the computer and i treated myself to a, a two terabytes is that a, yep two terabyte a, yep. a two terabyte hard drive which i will never fill and I've just dragged all of this video file and footage about this band into this... Stu- That's quite a sensible thing, isn't it? To store stuff off of the computer, m- the main hard drive. Mm, not or, really, no. Because oh. no, because oh. what, what a lot of people do is they get an external drive and they think, hey, I'll just move all this stuff off of yeah. here because, you know, someone's told me it's going to be quicker because I've got too many photos on it, too much music. This is a myth. Oh. Um, OK, yes, it can slow down the machine if you get to a stage where there's no working space left on the drive, but oh, then dear. you need to get a bigger hard disk. But moving it off to another drive, you've only got one copy. Oh. So, you know, there are people I've come across who have said, yeah, I, I put all my stuff, I put my music or I put my pictures onto this external drive, and the external drive's now gone belly up and I've lost everything. Because they haven't got another, oh, no, I'm another copy. Now yeah. I'm worried. Yeah. So I've got to buy another hard drive. Yeah. Back it up on that hard drive. It was, yeah. it was 65 quid. Well, oh, fortune. But you need, you need to have two copies of everything. It's interesting what you say about backing up, because yeah. I, um, uh, on my uh, 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 computer, I had um, something like 26,000 songs. Right. Didn't back it up. For whatever reason, I lost them all, right? I right. lost them all. Mm. And uh, so now I've got them on an external hard drive, and I thought, I'm never going to make that mistake again. Yeah. I've still not backed it up. This is like a year later. I've still not backed it up. I'm asking for a disaster, aren't I? You are. Yeah. Well, I, see them on a, <laughs> I see them on a regular basis. But uh, the thing about it these days is there's no excuse for not backing up, because no. storage now is so cheap. And I even cloud storage, which, which I use a lot, where your stuff is all uh, backed up into the ether or whatever. On I don't trust storage. this cloud. Well, you have to trust someone somewhere with it. Supposing, like, the CIA... Seriously, the governments could be looking at it, couldn't they? They could, yeah. I don't know why they want to look at my holiday pictures (laughs) and and pictures of my boy in his Halloween costumes, but you never know. Listen, I'll shut up. Brendan is in Luton. Hello, Brendan. Hello. You're having a problem, are you? What is it? Yeah, I've got an iMac. Yep. Um, I I enter this um, football league thing, so every week I get sent a league, a fixture list and a league table, and I have to make predictions and send them back. And it's sent to me in Excel. And I've loaded Office for Mac on, so I don't have Excel, but it won't open it. Oh. 
You're the Mac man. Well, no, no I, <laughs> I made the, trans, tr- the transition to Mac about four years ago, and I still can't get my head around it. It's, it's not as easy as everyone says. It, d- is Brendan stuck here? Does he need to buy a new computer? No, not really. Have you no, got, I've just it, bought it. He's oh, just bought the oh, new blimey. computer. <laughs> so if you've got the Mac, and you've got Office for Mac. Yeah, I've, I've got Office for Mac, which I'll put on there. And it includes Excel? Yes. Yeah. But Are you sure it includes Excel? But the f- but the files you're being sent, you can't open them with um, the version of Excel you've got on the Mac. No. Have you tried to update it? No. When I first got it, when he first sent it to me on this particular computer, it used to open. Right. Ah. But now it doesn't. Yeah, I think the thing about it is he may be using the later version of Excel, which produces a different file. The, uh, w- oh. the original ones were XLS, but they're now SLX. XLS, SLX. Yeah, as in DocX. on the computer. Yeah, so he's probably using Office 2007 or Office 2010, and that's the reason. So what you need to do is tell him to send it to you in the old format, which is known as Excel workbook format, the old version, which is just an XLS file. And he'll be able to do that, even though he's updated his programme, he'll still have the option to send yeah, it in the can, older file. Yeah, if he saves as, instead of just doing a straight save, he does save as, he'll get, he can have the option of send, so, um, so like saving it in a different file format, and then that'll, that'll solve that problem for you. Yeah, what it says on here is, um, I've got it in front of me, it says League XLS, mm-hmm. and then how many bytes it is. Mm-hmm. Right, and if I flick it on, all it does, all the pages flash in front of me, Yeah, and then they will start flying in from right to left across the screen. Right. With all the different weeks that I've done it. Right. The final page is just an Excel grid page with nothing on it. Right. Well, as I say, I think it may be, that may be the reason is it's been sent to you in the wrong format. Have a chat, um, Brendan, mm-hmm. with the fellow that's sending it to you and see if you yeah. can send it in, in, in a slightly different format from the same programme and see if that works. What is this weird league thing that you're in where you, you have to make predictions? Is it, well, is it like the pools or something? Yeah, it's a pub. It's a pub thing. Can, can you win cash? Yeah, you win a lot of cash. How, yeah, how much can you if you get it right? How much can you win? Well, at the end of the season, the winner gets one thousand four hundred. Oh, sweet! And, and, and have you ever won? No. Ah, I see. That's <laughs> the other thing. That's that's the problem. You see, Brendan, g- give that a go and see if that works. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Got some emails and texts as well. Nick at bbc.co.uk. Oh, we can text eight one three double three. Starting your text three CR. I'll shut up now because this is the best introduction in pop music. The Beach Boys, California Girls. Hello, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, uh, joined by Peter Rochford, who is uh, the computer expert. I expected you to be like in a, a white lab coat or something, looking a little bit more studious. No, poor no. show, poor show, Peter. Four uh, G uh, has. has is it 4G? Yes, it's just come out. I'm a little bit disappointed about the 4G. I changed networks so that when I got the new iPhone... Right. And I changed networks to one of the few networks that's offering 4G instantly. Right. And, of course, I never even thought... But they, they now said, oh, yeah, if you want 4G with us, it's going to cost you extra. I just assumed, because I'm an idiot, it'll be part of my package. You've got to pay a few quid. Uh, and it seems that if you're on the basic package, you get about 1 minute 40's worth of use before you use up... Your data. And it's limited as well to not... There's not very big regions where you can get the 4G. No. Have you, had, have you had looked at the 4G yet? Have you had a go on it? No, I've, 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 I've been following Rory um, McClellan's um, stuff on the BBC website. Oh, Rory Catherine-Jones? Yeah, that's Oh, he's good, he is. Yes, yes, I like that, him. The, the, that, that's the man. That's the fella. Uh, yeah, he's just done uh, an article on it today and saying uh, not quite as fast as he expected. He's had all sorts of mixed results depending on where he was. Oh, really? Yeah, but the, I think the main thing about it is, yeah, the shock is for a lot of people that you are going to use up your 500 meg of 
basic um, that's data. That's nothing, isn't you it? No, nothing. So you start streaming, you know, movies and yeah. live TV programs down or whatever, which you can do with that kind of speed. Um, it's soon going to use it up. And then they start charging you astronomical amounts of money to kick it up to, you know, gigs, gigabytes of data. I'm now reading uh, on Twitter and things like that. A lot of people are saying, do you know what? I'm, I'm not going to bother with it. I'm, I'm quite happy. Because three... 3G's fast enough, isn't it? Most of the time. Well, you frowned then. Are you disappointed with the 3G? You yeah, it well, it's just, just the fact that, you know, it's, still, it's quite often difficult to find anywhere that gives you 3G, let yep. alone 4G. Yeah, uh, and then true. there's another one above that, which is H, which gives you it's like even faster. Oh, hang on. You're saying there's something, there's one better than 4G and it's yeah, not called 5G? No, it's not 5G. There's a, there's a sort of a boosted up version of 3G called H or whatever. You might see on the phone where it, it says 3G and it turns, turns to H. I've never had the H before. Yeah. Where do I get that? Very rare. <laughs> I've never. If it, listen, I need you, if you've ever had the H before, could you give me a call? 08459 455 I've never even heard of that. Yeah. No. Uh, the, also, tablets. I, I really want to get a tablet. I have no reason to get one whatsoever. Yep. No reason whatsoever. And I can't justify the expense. And mm. I, so I've been looking around. And uh, the, the iPad have brought out this iPad mini. Mm. Uh, but then Kindle have brought out the Kindle Fire. Yeah. Which looks quite... The Kindle Fire looks like quite a bargain for, for the price. Is, it, 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 are, are these all much of a much this? There's lots of different ones coming out in the run-up to Christmas, aren't there? Yeah, there are. I mean, the um, yeah, the Kindle Fire is incredible value for money. It uh, unfortunately is... Um, because it's been over, it's Android, which is overlaid with uh, Amazon's own stuff. You tend to get all the adverts on it, and so on. But there right. is always a, a way, apparently, of buying yourself out of that one. Okay, because it streams ads to the uh, to the front page when you turn it on. But no, the quality is very good. It's good value for money, and it gives you access to a huge amount of apps. Obviously, like the Google one does, the Google uh, Nexus Seven, which I think is an amazing tablet. Yeah. It's excellent. Um, I haven't seen the iPad Mini yet, but of course, you know, iPad. Apple is going to sell. Of course yeah. it will, of course it's it will. It's the cool thing to have. All right, yeah. listen, we, we, Peter Rochford is here. He's the computer expert. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Right, let's get the latest travel news now. Let's go to James. Alan Joyce, BBC Oh, hang, well, well, hang on a second. I introduced it as James. Is that the Alan Joyce? It, it possibly. Alan I Joyce, this, somewhere before. this is Ian Lee. I know who that is. You cheeky little yeah, monkey. Listen, we, yeah. we shouldn't really have a reunion on air. Very quickly, no. how are things doing? You all right? Uh, very well, thank you. How are you? Um, I'm getting by. I'm getting by. Yeah. See you later on. I've not spoken to him for about six or seven years. How funny is that? It wasn't James at all. It was Alan Joyce. What a, a bizarre quirk of fate that was. I love Alan. What a nice bloke. This is Ian Lee filling in for Nick Coffer. 08459 455 555. If you've got any questions for our computer expert, he is the man who can solve literally anything. I've, I've said it now, Peter. Literally anything. You've set me up now. There we go. We'll see, we'll see if you can get something past him. 08459 455 555. Hello, this is Ian Lee filling in for Nick Coffer. Don't forget, do your spells. We had um, a, a psychic medium healer on earlier. We've got a spell from Coffer. Light your candles, send him your toenails, and, and bury your energy or something. I may have got that slightly the wrong way around. Something like that will work. Hopefully be back tomorrow. Uh, I'm joined by Peter Rochford, who is a computer expert. And it turns out, as well, a bit of a guitar freak. We were just talking guitars. Oh, so, yes. we, we, we were swapping guitar, overpriced guitar stories. Listen, I've only just, literally two weeks ago, discovered Garage Band on the Mac. 
How have I? It's amazing. Do you not? Have you, have you not? Tr- oh, really? Are oh, you not a Mac user? Are you? No. I, well, I, I, occasionally, yeah, and for reasons obviously of my my work, yeah. Of course, okay. GarageBand is amazing. It's like a, you're a little home studio. I've got a little um, sort of mixing box. That I plug the guitars in, or plug a mic in, and play a bit of ukulele, and it's like it's like being Phil Spector. You can do anything. <laughs> and I said this to my friends. They said, "Yeah, we've had this for like seven years, and I've only just discovered it." I better get a Mac then. Get get out. Go and get a Mac and have a go on that. Listen, we've got. If you want to speak to Peter, by the way, then oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Uh, email 3cr at bbc.co.uk we have an email from paul i'm hoping you can help with this i have an acer laptop it's about three years old and it's starting to slow down horribly it takes longer to start up start up and opening any programs is a chore what can i do to speed it up and this is the sad bit it makes me increasingly anxious sometimes unbearably so Can, can you help him He's yeah. listening in Canada, by the way. Oh, right. Yes. Okay. Um, well, there are a number of reasons why it could be running slow. Um, yep. One of the obvious ones, perhaps, is that the hard drive is now full. You've actually filled it up with yep. loads of stuff, and it hasn't got much space, so you need to check that. Um, the other thing is it's probably more than likely that the uh, the startup on the machine now has got collected so many programs. So when it starts up, it tries to load all this stuff in, and in consequence, having loaded all this stuff, there's very little workspace. How do you stop that? Because sometimes those programs sort of sneak in the startup without they do. you knowing. Yeah. Um, the easiest way of doing this is probably to go and download a program called CCleaner. Yep. Okay. Um, that has the ability to get rid of a lot of the temporary files and stuff that clog up your machine, but it's also got a utility built into it which enables you to... Um, stop certain programs coming in a startup. Um, so you can actually just cancel these um, and then reboot the machine and try and make sure everything's okay. You can reinstate them again, so it's not the kind of thing that's not reversible. Okay. But there's, there's normally a list. One of the arts of tuning up is knowing which ones you can switch off and which ones you can leave on, but, you know, you can't do too much damage in that respect. What, what is spyware? Spyware is a phrase I've heard lots and lots of times and I've nodded my head going, oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Mm. And really, I've got no idea what it is. It sounds naughty. Well... It, there's an encompassing term now called malware, and this includes things like viruses, trojans, spyware, and all sorts of other things, keyloggers, and God knows what else. Basically, spyware is something, yes, that's going to, as you might think, it's going to spy on you, or it's going to steal information off your computer or whatever. But more encompassing thing, malware, there's so many different versions of it. There are things like keyloggers that can actually log, you know, what the keys that are. That copies so, everything that you yeah, type in. You so if you're typing in, in passwords and things like that, then somewhere in, in someone's house they're going, aha, Peter's password is monkey, let's... Yeah. Yeah. Copy well, that. there's an even more evil version of that kind of thing now, which actually can switch on the webcam on your laptop or on your and actually see what you're doing. No, there's not. <laughs> it is honestly. You get paranoid of this, but yeah, there is stuff out there now. You can get onto your machine. That's terrifying. Can, can switch on the the camera that may be on the top of your laptop. I always use my computer naked. Yeah, this well, is oh my god. This is terrifying. You too, Peter. <laughs> no, but it it can actually see what you're typing on the keyboard, for example. There's all sorts of things like that. That's in fact, there's, there's, there are um, some really nasty ones out that there's this one which is basically the metropolitan police virus which gets onto the machine and tells you that you know your machine you've been looking at things you shouldn't do etc and locks your machine up but it also cunningly switches on your um your camera and takes a picture of you and puts it on the screen so (laughs) people believe they're actually you know now they're pictures with the police etc so there's some cunning so it it pretends to be from the police but it's not why would anyone do that well basically because they (laughs) think the bottom line is that they want you to actually pay 50 pounds to get out of this to release it, yeah. I see. You pay the hit. We need a fifty pound yeah. fine, and we'll we'll waive the charges. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of scams like that. So there's so much different stuff out there. But yeah, back to your original thing. Spyware, mostly yeah, stuff that's spying on you, looking at what you're doing, etc. Um, but 
you know a lot of the stuff now is out there is just doing things like ransom hijacking your machine basically to make you pay for something um and so on you know those um, nigerian scammers hey my father is the the king of nigeria and um i've inherited 75 million dollars i just need your bank account details and we can split it <laughs> yeah does anyone believe those is anyone stupid enough to go hey listen 75 million dollars yeah here's, here's my bank account details apparently so Really? Yeah, full proportion of people, I'm sure. But there are people out there who I'm sure have been scammed by that. And indeed, the one I've just you know just described to you, yeah. the, the, what's known as the PCEU virus or the Ucash virus, um, I'm sure listeners out there may have seen it on someone's machine or whatever. But it, yeah, it's pretty nasty because it actually locks you out the operating system. You can't do anything. You can't escape from anything. It just presents the screen and says, right, you pay us now this 50 quid wow. or Ucash vouchers or whatever they are, uh, and we'll unlock your machine, which they've done. A couple of years ago, I was very, very bored before I had kids. I had time on my hands and I got into uh, an email conversation with uh, a gentleman called Rooney Jeep uh, who was a Nigerian scammer the most made up name Rooney Jeep <laughs> and it was it was it was it was um, if you use a money exchanging service if you pay $5,000 into this I can double it to $10,000 yeah. I was like oh okay fantastic and I emailed him back we had this great email exchange and I got him to send me a picture of himself which he did and then I got his phone number off him and I would spend wonderful evenings phoning him up and talking to this guy who was adamant that if you could do this and we'll, we'll make a fortune and we'll split the money and stuff like that, they are quite good fun to wind up. <laughs> and in the end, he said to me, can you stop calling me, please? You're getting on my nerves. <laughs> it was wonderful. <laughs> it's a great way to do it. We were talking earlier on, Peter, about 3G, 4G and H. Yeah. This super one that's above 3G. We've got Mike in Milton Keynes. Good morning, Mike. Good afternoon, uh, Mike. Good, good afternoon, good afternoon sir. I've been broadcasting for nearly six hours, Mike. I'm, I'm oh, vaguely know, delirious. I've been here all day. Bless you. I can only apologise. You are on H. Uh, yeah, well, it switches over from, from 3G to H. Yeah, so my, my standard network is 3G, but if I start creeping out of the area... Cre- you have to creep <laughs> out of <do> you. <laughs> right, it's OK. It's very sinister. Uh, where, 3G, uh, where 3G is... Uh, H comes comes in. I've got work at the moment, and I, I, it's always on H. And do, do, you, do you notice any difference? The speed of this phone is, is incredible. Wow. Yeah, I, I, H is a kind of boosted, as far as I understand, I may be wrong and will be corrected, but H is a sort of boost, slightly boosted version of, of uh, 3G. I want some of this H action. And there's, al- the- there's, there's also an E one, which is called Edge. Which is Ooh. in between G, I think, or just the <laughs> no G. Just, like Peter, no. come on, listen, I'm not Nick Coffey. You don't have to make stuff up here. <laughs> I'm vaguely computer literate. <laughs> I'm like, Nick? So you, you, you're a big fan of the H, are you, Mike, when it works? Uh, well, I don't have a choice because the phone does it automatically. I believe it w- I'm being told it stands for High Speed Downlink Packet Access. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> one, of the, one of the great joys, in the, uh, very simple pleasures for me, one of the great joys I have in my life is when I go abroad and I turn my phone on for the first time and finding out which network I'm going to go with. I find it quite exciting seeing a different network come up on my screen. Is that just me that enjoys that or anyone else gets a kick from that? Anyone? Guys? I Okay, well, that's disappointing, Mike. Thank you very much, uh, (laughs) indeed. Peter, you don't get excited by that. Looking, see, not at all. I really thought uh, I thought we would have bonded over that. (laughs) Surely, that's the fun thing: is that you go abroad, you turn on your phone in the airport. Oh, I'm with Wahaha, or whatever it's called. I don't know. I've made that up. It's a made-up thing. 
15 minutes left if you want to speak to Peter about computer or uh, technical problems. 08459 455555. Hello, this is Ian Lee filling in uh, for Nick Coffer, who is poorly, but you're all going to be sending him your toenails or something. We had a witch on who said that. I think that was the, the spell. I've kind of forgotten it a bit. At three o'clock, uh, Roberto uh, is on, and uh, he, he's asking if you ever suffered the misfortune of being sacked or made redundant. Did your employers let you down with dignity? He's looking at your stories uh, this afternoon. Apparently, yesterday, hundreds of investment bankers in London were shocked when the first they knew they'd lost their jobs was when they were refused entry to their offices. Ah, oh, poor investment bankers. It's a tough life, isn't it? It's a tough life. Uh, Kirsty Allsop is going to be joining Rob from three, uh, and uh, Rob is uh, disappointed that Disney are going to make another three Star Wars films, as he thinks that the, the the original one was the best, the rest of them are all rubbish. I'm not a fan of the Star Wars. Peter, you like Star Wars? I've never seen them. You've never seen them? Nope. I've seen the first one and the second one, and that's and I just thought they were a bit silly. You've no. not seen any of them? No. I was more into sort of the 2001 Space Odyssey, that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. for goodness. How dull was that film? Oh, no. Come on. Geeky, no, nothing happens in it. <laughs> Apart from he sees a baby and then he sees an old man and then, and then the computer kills him. Yeah. Have well, I just look. ruined it for everyone? So. <laughs> I've only ever seen one episode of Friends and I've never heard Stairway to Heaven. I know, I know. It's true. It's true. I've heard the, I've heard a little, I've heard the bit where she's buying a Stairway to Heaven, that bit, and that's all I've heard. I've not heard anything else. I'm, I'm going to try and go my whole life without knowing about it. That's the plan. Uh, you were telling me off air about a, a, another little scam. We're talking uh, technical things. You've got ten minutes if you want to give us a call. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. This scam you're telling me about sounds fascinating. Well, yeah, you get this phone call from someone telling you that they're calling you on behalf of Microsoft. Yeah. Well, uh, Microsoft do not phone you. That's it. That's the important thing. The to important remember. thing. So these guys will just phone you up and tell you that Microsoft or they're calling about Microsoft because your machine is now sending out viruses or um, you've probably got errors. So they'll say. Oh, have you been getting pop-ups on it? And have you been getting it's been slowing down? Hey, something? I've been getting pop-ups. And it, mine's been yeah. slowing down. That's me. Yeah. So most people get the odd strange thing. So quite straight away, there's an in, isn't there? So, yeah. Yeah. So well, right. Okay. The next thing they do, they lead you to a website where um, you click on something. They allows you allows them sorry to get access to your machine, and then they start showing you this, that, and the other about all these errors and so on, which are on it, which are all most of them are probably superficial anyway, and then coerce you into parting with 100, 150 quid while they clean it up and tell you that you'll have support from them for the next two years but so do they actually do it that they get access to your computer but then do they do anything with it do they not really no nothing that that that, that you couldn't get you know do yourself or you know use a utility or get someone like myself to come and do properly for a fraction of the money jonathan i think had a caller on his consumer hour who had a a, a situation like this where they'd given access to the computer remotely and they were just they made things worse the thing about it is a lot of people just get caught on the back foot on the hop with this and i've had my customers have phoned me up and said i've done something really crazy i've let this person do this to my machine can you come around and check that they haven't done anything untoward you know so you get bitten twice because you're gonna have to get someone around there to check it out because they're worried obviously having given access that they've done something to it and left something on it or opened it up or whatever have you seen the film war games with matthew broderick yes could you do that could i do it could you do it could you could you could you you hack into the pentagon and play tic-tac-toe and start, start a nuclear war could that actually happen um, I don't think so. Not now, no. Yeah. Uh, we'll play this, and then we've got a, a, a text from John. BBC there's Three a, Counties there's a, Radio. There's a whole myth about hacking, about, you know, these guys who have some kind of wonderful yeah. technology. We're on the air now. Are we having a private conversation, or is this a public conversation? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. We're on the air, so oh. feel comfortable. To, so, sorry, <laughs> we were talking about war games off air as, as, as it continued. <laughs> uh, hacking, because there's that Gary McKinnon, who's now not being sent to the States, who yeah. hacked into the Pentagon, apparently uh, looking for little green men. It, 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 
is it that easy to do? Well, there's so many myths about hacking and about all this stuff. But like Gary McKinnon said, um, you know, a lot of cases, the stuff was wide open. It didn't yeah. take a genius to get in there, you know, once you get to a certain level. And, you, you know, there's so much information out there on the internet about this stuff. So there's no great massive myth about it. But I think, obviously, the loopholes and a lot of the doors are being closed yeah. now, um, much more than they were maybe years ago. Uh, Sandy's in Milton Keynes. Hello, Sandy. Hi. Hi, Sandy. What's your problem? Um, something that's really frustrating is um, I've got... Uh, a, a Sony laptop which I use at home and I connect to my broadband Wi-Fi quite easily. When I'm at my partner's who has the same company for Wi-Fi, it will not connect. Um, and I've gone in and looked at the settings. I've ha- put the, the cable in to repair it and it says repaired. But you get, you can open up a screen where it's got a picture of a little computer with a line that goes to the broadband thing that's got another line that connects to I the love, I, Sandy, I love your technical <laughs> description. It's got a little picture of a computer with a line. <laughs> that's how I describe it. Brilliant. Go on. Sorry. Carry on. Um, but I'm getting a, a red cross between the the world and... I, I know exactly what she's describing because yeah. I have I've seen this problem. Is she doing anything wrong, Peter? Is she, can she fix this? Well, it may it may just be that they, the, obviously he's got a different router, perhaps to you've got maybe the same service provider. Is it? The, do you know, actually know whether it's the same wireless router? That- a, yeah, same service provider, um, same router. Everything's the same, and it, it did work at one point right. uh, briefly, and then. I was home, I haven't brought the computer over for ages, and I brought it over with me, and I have done everything. I've been in touch with the the, um, the broadband people. And, and he doesn't have a problem when he connects with his computer? Yeah, he's connects, my work com- laptop connects, everything connects to it. My iPad connects to it, my, my home laptop will not connect to it. Can I make a suggestion? Yes. Get rid of your home uh, laptop. Go on, chuck one. it in the bin. Treat yourself to a new one, Sandy. It's nearly Christmas. <laughs> is that the best solution, Peter? Or is there anything she can do? No. The, the other thing you could try doing is um, is try and uninstall the driver for the wireless adapter. Oh. I've seen this is a trick I've seen happen before, where it seems to be okay on certain routers and certain. Well, don't ask me the technical details why it happens. Hang but on, it you're can. the technical expert. We're well, looking no, to you for this, the answers. It's too complex sometimes. <laughs> but no, it, and you could just uninstall it. Um, and you can do that by going to control panel and device manager and then just right-clicking on the uh, adapter, the wireless adapter, do an uninstall, and then when you reboot the machine, it'll pick it up again. And quite often that clears it. Sadly, can you give that a go? But it does. Yeah, can you just say where it's... I'll go into um, <laughs> go, go, control panel. Going to start... <laughs> talking to my mum, yeah. Going to control panel. <laughs> um, and then going to device manager. Manager, right, yep. okay. And, and right-click. And then right-click over where you, where you see the, the network mm. adapters. One of them is the wireless network adapter. I think it should be fairly obvious. Okay. Uh, and then if you right-click and do uninstall, once it's done that, then restart the machine again, and it will yeah. normally reinstall the driver. Quite often, I've found that's cured it. <laughs> uh, okay. Sandy, best failing that, go and buy a new computer. Come on. I think so. Go I on. Think so. yeah. how, old, how old is that laptop? Um, it's about five years Get old. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Five years old, for goodness sakes. Come on, chuck it in the bin. Uh, right, listen, that's all we've got time for. I know, I'm sorry. Yes, disappointing, isn't it? I, I can only apologise uh, for that. Thank you very much, Peter, for coming in. Uh, and it's very nice to meet you. Be honest, was I was I more technically proficient than Nick Coffer? Be honest, he's not listening. He's at home He in bed. will be. He's at home in bed. He'll be listening. I'll get some stick next time on. <laughs> 
Listen, I didn't, re- I didn't reveal anything on air so, <laughs> about who you sold hi-fis to. Very nice to meet you. Thank you so much for yes, your help. You, you've made that very interesting, you. and you've made it kind of uh, in an accessible way that even an idiot like me could understand. <laughs> I think I just got away with filling in for Nick. I think I made it. I like that song. I like a little bit of country. I do like a bit of country. I'm going to start a country and western band and um, play, rec- play hit country western songs. No, no, it's only going to be me in it. Uh, listen, th- th- that's it. I think I just managed to, to get away with it. Uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, if you all do your spell, Nick Coffer will be better tomorrow and he can come in and I won't need to do this and he'll have a, uh, a far more relaxed uh, and enjoyable show. Uh, let's get the travel now with uh, Alan Joyce. Paul Murphy, BBC Three Counties Radio. Paul, I can only apologise. What, what, what are you lot doing there? You're only doing one shift of <laughs> the, the, the day, or have I upset Alan Joyce because he's nah. not spoken to me for years? I take over at three o'clock. So that's me for the rest of the afternoon. Okay, I apologise for confusing you. Thank you very much indeed. I've, the previous new, uh, the travel broadcaster, Alan Joyce, I'd not spoken to him for six years. I thought I'd scared him off. How terrible! Wouldn't that have been awful? Right, I'm going to go home. I'm going to get my candle of any colour. It doesn't matter. The Gillian said that we can get any colour candle. I'm going to write um, uh, Nick Coffer get well on it. I've, I've vaguely forgotten the spell that we were supposed to be doing to make Nick Coffer get better. It's something like this. Then I'm going to light it, waggle a torch around, send my toenails to Nick Coffer at BBC Three Counties Radio. The witch told us to do it. And hopefully he'll be well enough and back tomorrow. You've been very patient. Thank you for listening. Roberto's up next. Ta-ta. <laughs>